pet the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And may God have a blessing. Review his word. A wee question for you this morning, just to muse on. Who are the people of God? Wouldn't it be nice, you know, if the, all the Christians or all the children of God wore one of these high visibility vests and we could see them? Oh, there's one there. There's another one there. <laughs> Trouble is, you know, if we don't really know. God says, I know my own. And so you question this in your, your mind to think about, well, who are the children of God? In this world we're in, you know, this morning it's a, look at the state of the world, it's decline, it's godlessness, where it's going, all the calamities that are coming, volcanoes erupting, earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, pandemics, and say, what on earth's going on? And you might be excused for saying, what on earth has God up to? What's God doing about it? Where is God in all this? Well, I want to tell you, you know, if you want to know what the purpose of God is, and what God is up to, and what God is doing, instead of looking forward and look for new ideas and new, new words and so on, look back. Look back to the prophetic words of God, that God has declared what he's doing, and we'll get to the grips of it. His purpose hasn't changed. What God is after, and has been from Genesis to Revelation, is a people who would call his own, and the tomb, he would be their God. Right through the scriptures, it's plain that's his stated purpose. In Genesis, Genesis 17, he says, I will be their God. In Exodus 6, he says, I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to your God. In Deuteronomy, he says, he has established you for a people to himself. And first Samuel says, But it has pleased God to make you his people. In Chronicles it says, You are his chosen ones. In the Psalms it says, He made his own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness. And Isaiah says, Surely you are my people. And Jeremiah says, I've made a covenant. And will put my law in your heart and will be your God and you shall be my people. Zechariah said many nations will be joined to the Lord on that day and shall be my people. Matthew Jesus said they will gather together as you like. In Luke 18 he says God shall avenge his elect. John says, his sheep hear his voice and follow him. In the book of Acts, it says, God took out from them a people for his name. And in Hebrews, it says, there's a rest for the people of God. And first Peter says, in time past, you were not a people, but are now the people of God. And the revelation that says, 
they shall be his people. <laughs> Mission accomplished. God's stated purpose was to redeem the earth, bring back the people to himself, out of the law, out of the rule of Satan, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light. And he's still calling people today. He's still after them. And he does it in three ways. He does, first of all, calling for their attention. Secondly, calling out of people. Then they're calling you. So when we think of who are the people of God, most people think, well, the people of God are the Israelites, the Jews. They're the chosen people, aren't they? Well, they are. But not only, not only, they were the model, <laughs> they were the prototype of that which was to come. God started with a man, he called him Abram, and he called to Abram and he said, I want you to leave your land, come with me, follow me. And he made a covenant with him, he says, out of you, I'll make a nation, that numbers the grains of sand, it's so large. And out of you, shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So God's plan was extensive, global from day one. And he says, in Abraham shall the seed be called. So Abraham, the man, became a tribe, and then the tribe became a nation. And out of the seed of David came the Christ. And from Christ came salvation to all people. So they're not limited to the Jews, you see. They're still the people of God. So are we, the Bible said we were added, grafted in, that we all become one in Christ Jesus. Or the people of God. God says, My people should be called by my name. Christ's name. Christians. <laughs> Unfortunately, you no, know, everybody thinks they're a Christian. Most people think they're Christians, but they're really just in Christendom. They're not in Christ. But God is after them calling them unto himself. How does he get our attention? Under the covenant, and God says, listen, all scripture is given for the inspiration of God. All scripture, Paul says, is given there for our example. And all that God did with Israel was to be an example to the world. He had a covenant with Israel. He said, if you be my laws, if you're loyal to me, I belong to you. If you abandon me, I'll abandon you. That was the covenant. And constantly, if you read your Old Testament, you get fed up with it. Like, okay, one chapter they're up, next chapter they're down. One chapter they're on the mountaintop, next chapter they're rebellion. And you think, what a people, what a fickle people. Then you realize that you're not much different yourself. And every time Israel backslid and abandoned God, Calamity came. And the tools of God's judgment never altered. There were famine, pestilence, sword. Now God didn't need to afflict them with that. God said we just have to stop helping them. And we made their own mess. And it's pretty much the same today, you know. The calamities around the world, volcanoes eruption, tsunamis, floods, hurricanes, Fires, calamities all over. Now that's not new. The trouble is, you know, the world has shrunk. Communication's faster. And it's happening and we hear about it like that. But under the Old Testament, 
Immediately he's calamities coming. People thought, goodness me, what's God up to? When you think of it, you know, the natural disasters that come against us, we're absolutely powerless. God can stop the nation by, <laughs> by a head full of snow. A volcano erupts somewhere in the mud and the ashes flow and stops the aircraft flying. And we're powerless. And what do we do? Does it get his attention? God says in the Israel, you know, in spite of the calamities, they have not heeded my word. They did not pay attention. And these calamities should say, God, what are we up to? There's more to this. And she turn us to God. The reality is, you know, in this pandemic, is an example. It's global in its effect. But have the nation, have the people, have the world turned to God? No, we turn to our idols. We turn to our science. We turn to our policy, our political policies. And God's not on the agenda. And the people of God are, are just as guilty. Where's, where's been the cry from the people of God? Where's been the national cry? Oh, Lord, stop. We've been pretty silent. The same Chronicles, son of one says, if my people shall cry, turn from the work and I call I will heal their land. Calamity should be getting their attention. The Bible says, you know, the earth will earn burn for the fervent heat. <laughs> I'm not surprised at global warming. I knew about global warming 60 years ago. We're not surprised because we've read the last chapter. But it should be getting our attention and the attention of the church. God still desires to redeem the people. Why has it gone on so long? Because the Bible calls it the day of grace. God holds back his wrath that you might be saved. God holds back his judgment <laughs> that men may have opportunity to repent. But the Bible says there'll come a day when God say enough. My spirit will not always strive with man. So he's not got your attention with world calamities. He's calling out a people. Calling to the people to make attention. Take heed. But he's calling out a people for himself. The church or the people of God means the eclectic ones, the ecclesiastia. That means the people called out, called out of darkness into light, called from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God, called out to follow God. Remember Jesus when he says, follow me? And they followed him. And it calls for the separation. The model of the Israelites would be a people distinct and separate. Your God is a living God. You'll not marry, you're not intermarriage, you're not worship other gods, you'll be distinctive. And God is calling our people to be separate. He says, come out from among them, be separate, be different. Jesus tells you the battle of the sheep. When he comes, you'll separate the sheep to the left and the goats to the right. Now I thought, well, that's not a big problem. 
I mean, the only sheep I knew were the ones that ran, ran about the fields at the uh, steps where we lived. But I had a wee visit to Palace Rig. Have you been to Palace Rig? And I've got Jacob's sheep. And I had the wains, and they said, oh, look at the wee goats. <laughs> but the label said they weren't the goats, they were sheep. And the same with the parable of the wheat and the tares. Very little difference. How do you tell what's the wheat and what's the tear? The only difference is the fruit. And because we're not wearing visible the jacket, I don't know whether you're saved or unsaved. I don't know whether you're a sheep or a goat. I don't know if you're wheat or tear. Do you? God is calling you out to be separate. Matthew 25 says, And before him shall be gathered all nations. He shall separate them one from another, a sheep device, a sheep from the goats. Psalm 78 says it. But he made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. John 10, he says, The sheep hear his voice and they call him by name and they follow him. God has always likened his people to a flock of sheep. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. We come into the household of God by a decision, a response. When Jesus says, follow me, we've got to say yes or no. We're either on the left or the right. Now, you'd have that problem with your politics, don't you? You know whether you're on the left or the right. You make a choice. You used to say if you were that, you kept with the right foot or the left foot, you made a choice. We're either saved or we're lost. But doesn't it say he separates? He's the one that decides? Yes, it does. But the invitation is to whosoever, whosoever will may come, says Jesus. Which side would you be put? If it was coming. Says harvest time. I want to separate the sheep from the goats. Where would you sit? Where would you sit? It's calling other people. And it's calling you. John 1 12 says this, as many as receive Jesus, to them he gives the power to become the children of God. It's a fallacy that we're all job comes as we are. We're not all born again. They all be born. Peter says at one time, you were not a people. But now, uh, the people of God, what made the difference? Salvation and conversion. God is calling a people, and there were not a people. Why is that? Because they're going to be a mixed, national, international group, calling the sheep from every nation under the sun. 
Antwerp. I've had three funerals in the past weeks. Let me tell you, there's an agony going to a funeral and you're not sure if they're saved. But there's absolute joy in going to a funeral when you know they're saved. What a huge difference. No one lives in we have a hope that others don't have. Lives is appointed unto man once to die, but after death the judgment. We all have to give an account. But the wonderful thing, the good news is there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're right about judgment, you're worried about your eternal destiny, settle it now. The court is now. If you're in Christ, judgment is already passed. No condemnation. Redeemed by him and his blood. Reject Christ is to reject salvation. So coming back to the state of the world and what is God doing about it? God's plan for the world is the church. The Bible says the church is the pillar of truth in society. Take the church out, you take the leaven out. Take the church out, you take the good out. Take the church out, you take morality out. Take the church out, you go warfare. Reject God, you become godless. And that's what's happening in society. It's godless. We're throwing God out of the schools, and the schools have become godless. We're throwing out the council chambers, our councils have become godless. And we're back into the Old Testament, there was a time when every man did that for his right in his own eyes. They passed laws that have no regard for the word of God, with no regard for marriage, with no even regard for it. For our gender, for a confused generation. Simply a demonstration that God withdraws. The Bible said God gives us over their own perverseness and their own choices. What is his plan? The church should be the leaven in society. The church should be the salt of the earth that preserves society. Get back to the book. I spoke in Parliament a few years ago and the summer was get back to the book. We used to be the land of the book. All our major cities have a text in their motto. All our universities have a text in their motto. We used to be a country of the book. Our legal system was based on the book. There shall be no condemnation except to be two witnesses. Comes from the book. We abandon the book and we reap the curse. God's plan is the church should live in society. What does that mean? That means really we shouldn't have any need for great rallies and conferences. But praise God they've had them and they've done a lot of good. 
But God's plan was to pepper society with saints. If my people, <laughs> you shall receive the Holy Spirit and you shall be my witnesses. God wants to pepper society with saints. When the ark of the presence comes in, the blessing of God comes in. Now, when you go into a place, you should take the blessing of God. You should be the witness for God. God's plan simply means that there will be a witness in every status there. There will be a Christian in the offices. There will be a Christian in the schools. There will be a Christian in the councils. There will be a Christian in the parliament. There will be a Christian everywhere. <laughs> There's a Christian. The gospel will be heralded. If my people would leaven up. Brother John is shouting to level out. I'm shouting for to leaven up. Let our voices be heard. The church can influence the world. The church can influence our nation. We're not. As they would cause to believe a minor majority. If you put the Christians together in Scotland, we'd outnumber the football crowds that have them. The simple things we lack visibility and we're not vocal enough. Second Corinthians 7 14 says, If my people will humble themselves and cry, I will heal my land. We can influence God's power. We don't change his purposes, we can't change his program. If we lift up hands, we can influence the victory. As Moses and Aaron did on the mountain. And the battle was waging. Their hands fell. <laughs> they were losing. They raised their hands. They were in victory. If my people will live in the lump, I will heal the land. So the question for this is, are we the people of God? Don't need a yellow jacket. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. And the world shall know you by your love one for another. So let's learn to God, you don't need to get attention, you've got it. We'll lift our hands, we'll cry, and you will deliver. And we will see the harvest <laughs> and the reaping. And when the last prayer for every song that uh, sums us up, for I'm building a people of Christ.